We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. It is Tuesday, April 25th. We have a great privilege today of catching John Colosimo two times in like a five-day window. It's about as rare as it gets, but it's like when you 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 find some luck and then you, you seem to stumble on it in a streaky fashion here. John, we, we found two straight times to catch you and, and chat about some stuff. So what's up, man? Welcome in. Oh man, I'm so happy to be here. Um, it, it's a good thing. Like, uh, we just happen to be out of town, which is, um, uh, both good and bad, right? Like, you know, I'm away from the boys and, and that kind of stuff, but also like gives me just a couple of free hours to catch a little bit of sleep, which is what I probably should be doing right now, but I'm talking instead. (laughs) Yeah, here we are. We're talking about sports and yeah, here we are, man. Um, Okay, well, listen, if we're going to do this, we're going to hit quickly on a couple key points. Before we get to the Aaron Rodgers trade, which is the meat of the NFL world's uh, action right now, uh, we got to talk about Mario. You took the, the little ones. You followed up and listened to our podcast over the weekend. weekend. I think it was on Friday that we talked about uh, the I thought Mario, Super Mario uh, movies, uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, sorry, was the best one to take your little one to if you haven't exposed them to the theater because it's short. It's nonstop action. It's like right in your face, and it's all the lovable characters with the funny voices and the in the in the Donkey Kong and the Bowser and Mario. It's great. I, I did, first of all, did you like it? How the little ones do? So most of my enjoyment from the movie comes from how much my kids liked it. I yeah. absolutely like took your advice to heart and bought tickets and took my kids to it based on your recommendation. And, did you uh, though a key question here is did you do my theory which is if you have kids you don't show up at movie time you 20 I minutes did. late I perfect because you cannot I, eat into that yep. precious focus time yep. on previews because right. then it's like it's it's 40 minutes in the movie and they're like are we ready to go home yet i've, I've seen it happen too many times so i i did that actual thing yes love it <laughs> all you dads out there that's something to remember yeah for sure uh, so we showed up 
um, we got popcorn, uh, two popcorns, one popcorn with no butter on it. Uh, that was for the kids. And then some butter on it for the, for the adults. And um, yeah, because the, my, not to keep interrupting you, but once Porter got some butter, he's like, <laughs> he won't even move from it. So yeah, don't let him get a taste. More no, of the story. no. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just to kind of recap, I've got a son who just turned two in February and uh, I have another one who's about to turn four here in May. Um, now, my two-year-old um, is a prolific eater. <laughs> and this dude positioned himself next to the popcorn thing and just kept eating it the entire way through. And uh, I think that was key to keeping him under control for, you know, mm-hmm. a half. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it was great, man. I mean, both kids were like perfect angels, which, you know, my, I would never accuse my kids of being perfect angels <laughs> in most circumstances, but they were, they were great. Um, unfortunately, like for the adults in the, um, uh, in, in the viewing, uh, they had not opened up the bar, but, um, yeah, no, I had an absolute blast. And, it, you know, they're tiny little kids and they watched the movie. They loved it. You know, it was like a whole eye-opening experience because they've never seen anything on a big screen. You know what I mean? Like, so. Oh, yeah. It it was just like, they loved it, man. They loved it and they loved it. And so we walked out and like, you know, how they have the movie posters of what's upcoming and that kind of stuff. They saw uh, the new Miles Morales um, Spider-Verse type thing. Like, it, my older son, who's, again, not even four, was like, Miles Morales! And I'm like, yep, that's where we'll be back. You know, June 2nd, we'll be back for Spider-Verse. So... Yeah. Yeah, that that one... Um, I was kind of surprised. We went to that one with some adults, the first one, and I was like... This is pretty complex. I think mine will want to see it too. I I don't know that he will understand much of it, which doesn't matter. Whatever. I just hope that it'll uh, maintain his attention. Is is it's all I'm seeking at this time? Because nothing worse than going. We saw something where he's like, "I want to go home." Like I think it was the movie called The Bad Guys, which came out, which was a uh, as it was an Illumination animated movie. Uh, I cannot remember who who leads it. Um, he's very, he has his own podcast. I can't think of the name of the guy who runs it. Um, hang on. I can find this out. That's why we have computers up right in front of us. It came out in 20, Sam Rockwell was in it. And then the other guy was uh, Mark, Mark Marin, who was a huge podcast host. Um, but he wanted to leave that one. That was one where I got there too early. He's seen a lot of movies in the, and that's like one. And I tell my wife, like, that's one of the things in life, like in terms of where could you say is some of your happiest stuff? Like, in a theater, popcorn and a soda for me is Nirvana. Like I can, that's a thing. Like I, I could not yeah. imagine life without that ability to do that. Uh, I will five, say, times a year. I will say, my, like so, I grew up. Uh, we were in Old Brooklyn, so anybody like in Ohio might know where I'm talking about. Uh, so the Parma Theater would have like movies, and it would be like two months after um, normal movies have it. Right. And uh, so that's where we would always go because it'd be like two bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you 
going to buy like my mom is obsessed with movie popcorn and the butter and all that kind of stuff so uh we would always go to movies about two months after they came out because it was at the power theater for a couple bucks um I will say, like, my boys enjoyed this stuff, like, so much. Like, I got, like, 30% off, I think, for doing the matinee um, because it was about 320 when we uh, bought the tickets. Perfect. Yeah. I think we're going to keep doing this because they had a really great time and they behaved wonderfully. It's great. That's one of the things I'm looking for. Like, I know there's a lot of things, Dad, and their their children. You know, I have two boys, and I know you have two, and now a a daughter, but like taking my kids to movies is in the top, like it's in the upper part of the, yes. What am I looking forward to most? As a dad pantheon? Like golfing is up there with them, but the, the movies might be at the, like, I can't wait to, and it's also showing them movies, like all the movies. I hate that because you know, there's those, those things that you find funny that <laughs> other people don't find funny. And you're staring at them, waiting for them to get, it happens with me and my wife all the time. Where I'm like, why did you not laugh at that? Or vice versa. And, uh, that's that's the little bit of what I'm worried about with movies where you like this is Jake, a classic. You know what I mean? You don't like this movie Jake, anyway. Jake, I'm totally famous for this. Like I am ridiculously famous among my own people for making them watch things they don't want to watch. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, like that's why um, I have an aversion for uh, like reaction videos. When it comes to, like, if you look up on YouTube, like, uh, whether it's a music video or that kind of thing, um, I totally am drawn to them because that's what I like to do to my people. And so, like, if I died today, right, like, I, have, I got hit by a bus, um, you know, and my brothers were doing, like, an honest uh, eulogy, they would be like, he loved to make us watch videos. <laughs> that's a great eulogy oh the video watch guy Love that. oh but he, they'd be like he's a great guy great dad he made us watch so many videos yes. so many, and he'd always check in with me to make sure i watch them that's funny well listen mario's the movie to see if you got little ones and you're trying to take them to the movie theater that's a fun one like you said there are some uh, there's some good ones coming up. Spideyverse is coming up. I haven't seen, I haven't gone deep into the weeds of other uh, movies coming out from, uh, you know, the Pixar's and all of that. But uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely know Spideyverse will be on the list. The only other movie I know that's coming out this summer, well, I want to see Guardians, which comes out in like a couple weeks. I've heard it's pretty good. Uh, I know. I, mean, like, I don't think I've been taking the Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I won't t- yeah, that'll be a wife and, and I movie. Uh, but I, I just am counting down the days. I have a calendar where I'm just marking X's through the days until Oppenheimer comes out. I cannot wait. Cannot wait for that movie. So that's the only other one like on the docket. But yeah, I think there's some other good ones I'm sure that come out uh, this summer too. That I've, I've also considered doing that like because I saw two straight weeks of movies. I saw Creed 3 and then I saw Air. And I'm like, should I be doing this movie pass thing, this monthly subscription where if you don't use it, it like rolls oh, yeah. over. And then if you all like, if you have four of them rolled over, you can buy four tickets to one movie or something, or you get four I, tickets or something. I think that they have priced this thing into where it makes sense. I think they have to. Even, yeah. You get a little bit off concessions and all yeah. that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, this is our, our TV and uh, abbreviated TV movie corner. So I wanted to get his opinion on Mario. So it was pretty Jack Black. 
A plus Jack Black. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I and I, <laughs> I I will say, I need you to keep going with Succession. They have not like once you get to this. I mean, they're they've been good. They've been good through the run, in my opinion. But this season, they've somehow found a way to do five episodes of just like no filler, no fluff. It's five episodes of just like peak great TV to me. So uh, that's that's, that's in your docket. Jake, that's what I'm hearing. Like, um, and I haven't even got to this. You know, I didn't realize last time we talked, I made a mistake. It wasn't the finale. It was the one before. So mm-hmm. I should say that. Uh, so I haven't even gotten to the new season. And I'm seeing things from people I respect, Cody. You know, like um, they're saying it's the best uh television they were seeing so i'm gonna get on this this season's run of nine plus rated shows is it's it's kind of crazy even some of the best stuff is like it it ebbs and flows and then it picks up and finds where it needs to go at the like this is i don't know if they can keep this up for five more episodes like it's it's kind of unfathomable what they're putting together here Uh, can i ask real quick like did you severance i have not watched severance yet you've told me about it multiple people have it's in my it's in my like once we hit this dead period after the draft where I have more time to, to sit around late in the evenings, I'm definitely going to take that in. You have another buddy of mine who I went to see a couple movies with this, like those two, I was just telling you about, he told me to watch it too. So it's in there. It's in the chamber. So listen, we are going to um, continue to talk. Every time John and I get together, we talk about that. So if you skip the first uh, 15 minutes of the pod. Uh, I understand some of you aren't into it, but that's okay. Cause we're going to do it. Cause I talk about the Browns all day, every day and I'm, I need a break every now and again. So uh switch over, but we got to look at the biggest news of the day, which is Aaron Rodgers trade. Right. Uh, and I continue to look at the scope of the Aaron Rodgers trade through the lens of like, this could very easily be the Browns very, very easily. Um, Agreed. because yeah, like if they didn't pull the Watson deal off and I know I've done a little bit of this with Andrew Spade on the show through franchise mode, episodes where we've kind of gone through a upside down multiverse scenario where what it would look like in this trade i don't know that i was some people were tilted one direction and the other like i just thought this is kind of what it was going to cost right like i i mean the jets get aaron Rodgers. obviously they get uh, they go from 13 to 15 in the first round so that was a probably a sticking point for both of these teams going from you know swapping 13 and 15 largely because what the, both teams need and what New England needs in the middle is kind of intertwined. Uh, yeah. So again, I wouldn't be surprised about that if that was a sticking point. But they also get a 2023 fifth. So in this draft, they get a fifth back. Green Bay gets to go, like I said, up to 13 this year in the first round. They get the Browns pick that the Browns sent over for Elijah Moore. So pick 42. They get a six rounder this year, pick 207. And then they get a second Wait. rounder next year in 24 that becomes a first rounder if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps this season which yeah he's going to do that so now they gave back a fifth so like they they moved down two in the first round they move mm-hmm. uh and then they move a sixth rounder to a fifth rounder um or opposite of that uh you know yeah. like, it's almost like uh it equality there is so basically you get a second rounder and then you get a conditional second maybe of almost it feels like a lock to be a first right because it's what he does in 2023 
So unless he gets yeah. hurt, yeah, it's it's a first. They must have like I wonder if there was a sticking point on that sixty five percent, which brought to up an interesting note because someone I sent that message to you where someone had said why aren't there people doing that in fantasy football trades where there's like performance bonuses that 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 move a trade around and I thought that is like an interesting way of doing fantasy football trades where it's like if he gets to 75% of this production I'll give you a first rounder back if he doesn't I'll give you a second and I thought that then that's the point that the I can't remember who wrote that tweet now that I'm thinking about it, but like that's an interesting way of getting people hold on. Like unless you're in a league that a bunch of risk takers, which I feel like our league is now I'm going into fantasy football world, but like it's, it's, it feels like a really fun way to navigate fantasy football trades where you just have these, if you're doing a dynasty version, of course, which is year after year rolling over. That's a fun way. I know you and I did a trade this year where we protected it based on finishing standings, which is cool too. No one else is doing that. Uh, at least I'm not, I'm not well versed in who else out there, how they're running the league. But I liked how we structured that. I think we should talk about this more, actually, like our league, because I think people would enjoy it. But yes, we, uh, yeah, we did a we did a conditional trade. I don't know why that doesn't happen more. You know, like uh, in the fantasy the performance escalators. Yeah, I feel like they should. Like if, yeah. if you can find a number that's the same, like okay, say I traded for Stefan Diggs from you, older player, so I'm taking on some risk. So I would say he has to hit 75. You know, if you're trading him to me. Uh, you would probably say if he hits 75% of that number for a year, that's worth a first round pick where you could probably get like nitpicky on that and say like, okay, if he does 65% of that total, he did in 2022 over two straight years, I'll give you X, Y, and Z like that. That could be a fun element to add to your, your dynasty football trades. I think so. As long as you have the flexibility in your league to deal with that. Yeah. 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 Like if there's the flexibility in the league, you know, get crazy, get fun. You know, that, yeah. that's the whole point, especially when you're dealing with uh, dynasty leagues. Again, like when you contacted me about, you know, joining the dynasty league, it's something I always wanted to do. But what makes it actually fun is this type of stuff. This is the fun stuff. I like how we had structured that trade around me coming up at the end of a first round to go get Joe Burrow, but the, the pick was protected in a, in a way that was top three. So if I yes. finished... Yeah. In the bottom three, which what ironically had to happen is how we do our consolation bracket is you compete to get that. So it's not like I could just throw that was what the best part of it. I couldn't just throw the results negatively, you know, like tanking in the NBA and a place, you know, in the NFL it happens too in baseball. Uh, the salary situation in baseball <laughs> organically gives you those scenarios. But I had to go win games to get that top three pick to protect it. So it made like, even though I wasn't in the playoffs, it made the end of that season. Like if I don't get this, this is going to parlay into John's pick. And that sucks. <laughs> like yeah. on top of like going out and trying to get, you know, a player at the top of the draft too. So that, that, that makes it like, again, you want to make the whole season fun for everybody. And that's a way to, a way to do it. But to, in this, in this case, I think with green Bay, it's uh it's pretty good deal for both sides. I don't, I mean, I think. And you happen to be holding love too. Yeah. <laughs> That's ironic, right? Yeah. That is very ironic. Um, you know, from, from the real life football perspective though, I think both sides did fine here. I mean, the jets get a, I think Rogers getting a fresh start is going to have a very Farvian effect. I really do. I actually think he's going to, 
put together a couple really good refresh seasons here with the talent around him that is pretty dang strong in New York. Uh, I believe in that. Um, so some people will kind of go on like, you're not getting the Aaron Rodgers of old. I, I really think you're getting a pretty damn good quarterback for two years here, much like Favre was when he moved um, more Green Bay, more Green Bay uh, than any, or uh, to Minnesota than anything. But he put together some good seasons post Green Bay. But, you know, like I said, you get a fifth back with him. You do give up a first next year, and you give up, you're basically giving up a two and a one, right? And like that's a good return for Green Bay for a quarterback that has the potential to be top ten for two years. I think that, and again, the caveat being he's thirty eight. Is he thirty eight? I think he's thirty eight yeah. or maybe yeah. thirty nine. Um, yeah, I I just I don't know. Are you like? Did you feel like either side really ripped the other off, or did you feel like it was a pretty fair deal? You know, I thought it was kind of fair. To be honest, um, you know, New York can do something with this. Um, Green Bay has a uh, waiting in the wings person. Uh, I think it was pretty fair all around. Yeah, I do, too. If you were Cleveland, had they made this deal from the the Jets side, would you have been okay with that type of deal? Yeah, I think I would. Um, Yeah. You know, if they were in the exact position, you know what I mean? Um, I also think. New York made a terrible deal, which we are the main beneficiaries of when it comes to uh, more. So um, I think they probably could have done a little bit better having kept him. But obviously they thought they needed to make that move. But And obviously I'm biased when it comes to that. But um, I actually think that they would look a lot better if they were to cut more. Yeah. So wide receiver, they go Garrett Wilson. They brought in Alan Lazard. So there's familiarity with, with, uh, you know, Rogers, right. Corey Davis still, they brought in me Hardman. So that I guess is four guys. They probably like Denzel Mims kind of hovering, hanging around. Imagine he's a camp casualty. Um, but yeah, they could kind of go four deep right now. And, Maybe they draft a guy. I don't know. They still have the – I think they still have the 44th pick in the second round. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like they're ultimately, because of the Cleveland situation, they probably feel like the soften the blow a little bit of giving up 42 when you have 44. I don't know. They might have 43, the pick right after Cleveland's old pick. I can't remember. Um, but then, like, that softens that blow. So you're really just giving up a conditional first in 2024 for him right. it's kind of you know because moving right. back two spots is not the end of the world yes you know so interesting it's going to be one of the more fascinating trades to follow obviously the two trades last year with deshaun and russell wilson were the were the deals of quarterback uh shockwaves right across the league this year we get uh we get a similar one with aaron Rodgers. so it'd be fun to fun to track that and i'm excited for garrett wilson who should who should really see an uptick in um uptick in performance which is scary considering how good he already was in his first season so noteworthy there he's john colosimo thanks for being here buddy we always appreciate your time you know that thanks for having me on jake i appreciate it always a good time we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, wrapping up this episode today, finishing up all position rankings for the Browns on this big board I've been putting together for the podcast with top five safeties. So to me, it starts with uh, Jartavius or Quan Martin out of Illinois. All right. I think he's as good as it gets in this class in terms of versatile safety slash slot corner play that doesn't really pigeonhole him into one singular position. 493 snaps in the slot this past year with a 73.4 grade and then 75 snaps wide. He had 177 snaps deep. He had a 44 snap count in the box. So he has done a bunch of uh, of everything. He's been all over the field in the time he's been at Illinois. So he was there uh, 2018, where he started the season opener and recorded his first interception, played in that game, took advantage of uh, playing 2019 through 2022 on top of that. So he's a little bit older at 23, but this is the type of guy I'm willing to uh, stick around, take the risk on. Three-star recruit. I mean, and again, it's just a year of age difference here for a player that I think is perfect for this football team. He played 55 games across his career in that talented Illinois secondary. Obviously played with Kirby Joseph, Sidney Brown. Kirby Joseph of the Lions had a great rookie year. Sidney Brown, uh, we have talked about uh, multiple times on this show. He's not going to make my top five safeties list, but is a teammate of his. It's obviously going to go high. And then Devin Witherspoon, the corner. So, And they have a nice defensive tackle coming out next year. A really good group of defensive players over at Illinois. Um, he's ranked uh, third overall for Dane at the safety position. He is ranked, uh, an, according to Pro Football Focus, they have him at 16. And then uh, Sports Info, Info Solutions has him at 10. So it's a little bit all over the board. Even though they have him as a position rank of 16, he's the big board rank of uh, a top 100 player, according to Pro Football Focus, with a third-round grade for him. So seven excuse me, only four missed tackles obviously stands out to me. He forced 15 incompletions this past year, second uh, at the position. For his career in total, he had 30. He had uh, eight passes defended the year before. He had three interceptions in 2022 for Quan Martin. So third team all Big Ten, team captain in his final year of 2022. Uh, as, as far as what are you looking for, right? He's a, you need him to finish a little bit better, but outstanding athlete, in my opinion, cover skills, tackling attitude, above average football, intelligence for what I'm looking for. And again, he played in that cover two, a lot of cover one in Illinois scheme, which obviously I think the Browns are going to be running a significant amount of man uh, under Jim Schwartz. But there was some cover two and cover three invert, which stands out to me as far as some versatile stuff that that defense did that he would come into Cleveland being able to understand quite, quite quickly. From my notes, I, I, what I have here is a long defensive back. The length translates to the field with the ball skills uh, played and popped in 22. The athleticism, we're talking about a guy with an elite RAS score, 9.29, a 44-inch vertical, 11-foot broad, which are as elite as it gets with a 4.46, a 10, uh, 20 and 10-yard splits were also elite. The only thing he got dinged for a little bit 
was the 5'11", 194 stature, hurt him in terms of size. But uh, again, fun football player, burst is is exceptional coming out of uh, coming out of breaks. He had a run defense grade last year of 91. He'll come up and hit you. Tackling grade of 90.1. The speed and physicality stand up. There's some stuff I'd like to see cleaned up in coverage in terms of how uh, he can be impatient at times. Wherever he can, you know, crafty route runners that'll be in the slot. Uh, some guys in this draft give him a little bit of trouble, but I think there's enough tools to work with here. So Quan Martin's at the top of my list in terms of safety. Second is uh, J.L. Skinner, Boise State product he is ranked 90th overall according to uh, sports info solutions the seventh ranked at the position so he's pretty high on their board he is number 116 on the big board rank for pro football focus and then um, he is on dane's big board as the number six safety he's a huge guy first and foremost that stands out he's got three level impact as a player two solid years of starting under his belt he played up in the box he played like i said deep coverage he can play over near the slot play that curl flat he can do a little bit of everything he's a long linear athlete i think he's got rare height for the position at six four two and nine now he had a pectoral tear which cost him the ability to get in and work out and do any training uh and sorry testing uh, it happened in February. It appears he'll be ready to go uh, when, when the uh, season gets rolling uh, into into like you know the important stuff of training camp and all of that. But uh, again, ball skills range, three level impact. He started uh, 31 games of 44. He was on the field nine and a half tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, 20 passes defended, seven and eight the past two years, seven interceptions, two and 21, four in 2022. Only missed one game. Uh, in 2020 and only like I said that was uh, not very many missed games period uh, for him in terms of his career especially the last two years but the, the peck does linger a little bit and that might be a reason he slides second team all mountain west conference in 21 led team in ta- the team in tackles forced fumbles first team all mountain west where he led the team in passive defended interceptions um, so exceptional stuff I think I think he's got a real chance here he's a glider on the football field my notes Toughness stands out to me, can play in the box, range to cover tight ends, can play split safety looks, can play nickel safety, can play low hole. I really think there's a lot to like about him. And again, Boise State plays that 3-3-5, so it got a little bit crazy, but I do think he's suited to come in and play a similar role here. Kind of that third safety to start, but eventually can become more of a every down safety, right, with the zone coverage skills. He's got the athleticism to move around, play multiple roles. Could be a a core special teamer as well. Florida State's Jamie Robinson is up third, a guy you've heard a lot about. Visited the Browns up in Berea. Um, Look, what are you getting with him? Versatility. Again, 352 snaps deep, 252 snaps in the box, 167 snaps out in the slot. Again, another 3-3-5 defense type there that was at Florida State last year. He began his career at South Carolina, played 22 games there over two seasons. He started 13 of them, but then came over to Florida State, um, where he was a first-team All-ACC player in 21, second-team All-American, First team all ACC in 22, led the team in tackles, defensive MVP, right? All the stuff you love to see. He played in 47 games, 37 starts, 15 and a half tackles for loss, 23 passes defended, seven interceptions. Football is his thing, man. He's just, he's a, he comes from a family of football players. Now, this, the frame is small, right? You know, if you check out some of the stuff from his relative athletic score, you're looking at a guy who's uh, every bit of 5'10 and a half, 191, but the arms are short, 29, yeah, 29 inch arm length here, and then uh, 73 and a half on the wingspan, which is the smallest in the class. So, again, you're trying to find why he wouldn't 
you know, be at the top of the group, the undersized body type, right? The the bigger guys can get in and block him without problem because he liked to play and obviously would be expected to play near the line of scrimmage at times, can struggle to match some of that deep speed uh, and certainly doesn't have the stature for sort of that press work, right? The, the, the hip turn stuff can be premature to make up for it, which gives then guys a chance to snap off routes. Uh, but what do you like about him? No fear, right? No fear. Even though he's a small frame defensive back, I think that he can, for the most part, run with people vertically, right? When he times everything up right, he plays with a natural set of instincts, urgent, urgent player on the football field with the read-react quickness for that position, especially that nickel position, that hybrid that I think he could ultimately end up playing. I think he's a three-down guy, and and I think he's going to be able to play in single high, two high, the slot. I think he projects best as a free uh, third downs can man up some of those tight ends. I think he can play with those guys who don't have the quick oily hips. And I think he can even do some stuff like return punts because he returned them in college and be a core special teamer too. So I know why people are drawn to Jamie Robinson. I certainly understand why the Browns are drawn to him. And I think he makes a decent amount of sense uh, for what this group is going to be looking to do with that position and kind of and molding it and melding it uh, uh, together to to make one a rotational piece that maybe you don't have to always take off the field for pass and run situations, things like that. Next up is uh, Jair. Uh, I think it's Jair is the best pronunciation I can find for it. Brown, Penn State product. When it comes to Jair Brown, you're talking about intelligence. I think that's what stands out to me. Super instinctual. He's he's switchable. I think he like can play other positions, bring that work ethic, aggression stuff. But you hear about him, you hear about leadership, right? The testing isn't great, and he's a little over 23, but what do you like about him? Right place, right time, all the time. I think that that is, is what totally stands out to me, is, is just the sheer understanding of what it takes to play the position is what he is best at. The discipline, the body control in his play, uh, he's a physical presence, he's, he's good versus the run, anticipation and ball skills match up for the coverage. The high football character stuff, interchangeable starter. I don't know if the athleticism ends up crushing him. A four six five forty certainly not great, but the ten yard split was good. Thirty two and a half inch vertical, nine eleven broad, eighteen bench reps strong. He was only a five nine six relative athletic score. So what you need is some of those other pieces to translate. And in terms of the mental aspects of the game, I think he's well worth the risk of maybe like a pick one eleven to one twenty six for a lot of that stuff in general. He started out in uh, junior college before shifting over in 2020 to Penn State where he gets third team all Big Ten two straight seasons 21 and 22 plays in 35 games starts 26 153 tackles nine tackles for loss four and a half sacks three forced fumbles 19 passes defended and 10 interceptions so you can see that he found the football plenty Um, and again I, I just this is more of a less freaky athlete more a guy who's just good, just good at everything. I think he can fit in a two high scheme where he can drive, you know, on half the field, use those instincts and in, in quarter and in cover two or quarters, step down and play the slot where he's got some mirror ability. He was a threat as a blitzer at times, could play from the slot or down inside the tackle box as well when they needed him to, even mugging A gaps at times, which was uh which is always a fun blitz scheme responsibility for any player. So again, blends an eight instincts explosiveness bend i think he can he can get home in the pass rush game against the the run uh, i think it's detail oriented for him uh, he's got to put himself in a good position he can lead himself to over pursue sometimes when he's playing inside the tackle box he can play from the slot you know he's used as a force defender he can defeat those blocks sort of step up make those plays i just think he's an all-around good football player so he's my number four 
Um, Jair, uh, Jair Brown, Penn State. Last is Jordan Battle, which some, you know, place to place you get different opinions on Jordan Battle. I am, I'm certainly a fan, right? I mean, you're playing in an uber talented defense. That certainly, uh, you know, helps things a little bit. And some of these guys who come from Georgia or these guys who come from, um, you know, come from programs like Alabama, it can be a little tricky to sort of judge what they are as football players. But I think Jordan Battle, to me, brings a bevy of experience in a, in a high level and high coach environment, right? Um, the frame is, str- is solid. I think that's certainly something you like about him. 6'1", 206, can come in, handle the you know the physicality part of the position, shouldn't be a problem for him. You do have some questions about the athlete. He ran well with the 4.55, 20 and 10-yard splits were strong, but his shuttle and three-cone were poor, and the explosion, a 9-foot broad and a 29.5-inch vertical, were uh, at the bottom of the position ranking. So you do get a little bit concerned about that. But smart, strong, versatile safety. Can do a little bit of everything, like we talk about with a lot of these guys. So many of them are playing in advanced uh, schemes with different positional alignments. He had 129 snaps in the slot, 196 in the box, 574 snaps deep in his college career. Gets an Adrian Amos comparison from Pro Football Focus, which I think is uh, I think is apt, right? Not a great man coverage guy. You don't want to put him in too many of those situations, but he can play down in the box, can play too high. I think that obviously stands out, right? Coached up by one of the best defensive back coaches in the entire world in Nick Saban. But again, a solid starter is what I see here. Fits best in a cover two scheme or somebody playing a lot of middle of the field open. Uh, I think he's more of a roll down box safety and cover three. So a little bit more of that Grant Delpit mold, but his versatility allows him to play any level of the defense. In, in my opinion, he can blitz, he can play man up inside. He can, he can play deep zones, um, but experienced and productive and in a nice special teams role in his career at Alabama stands out as well. 500, sorry, 54 games, 44 starts, 251 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, a sack, 16 passes defended and six interceptions. Second team, all American, both 20 and 20, 21, 22. First team, all sec both years was a team captain this past year. So that obviously, as you know, stands out to me. Um, But again, I think what you see with him and sort of the similar thing with J.R. Brown, they are just, average in a lot of areas and but but being average and not having holes in your game does translate to finding successful safety play and a career in the NFL are you smart are you heady are you do you have those anticipatory skills and to me what put Jair Brown and what put Jordan Battle on my top five list is that experience and some of the football character stuff that comes with it their competitive toughness they're similar different conferences but similar in that regard right maybe low ceiling players but higher basement players put it that way so uh core special teams guys who should and and the opposite of this i think is very much the opposite of what you saw with like a richard lecount you do see a player that can find these guys who will find roles no matter what and and they're just too too good at the football instinctual uh, knowledgeable parts of the game to to struggle on that level so excited about what jordan battle and jair brown could bring in terms of where they'd be selected as, as my fifth safeties but again a lot of guys, like I've said at every position, more guys I'd be interested in them taking if the right time came along, right? Sidney Brown stands out to me. The other one from Illinois, uh, already talked about him. Daniel Scott, older, right? 24 and a half, really old, but an exceptional athlete if you take him very late. Ronnie Hickman, Ohio State product, stands out. Only 21 and a half fits a lot of the age guardrail stuff that they like. You could take a chance on Brandon Joseph, formerly of Notre Dame, or sorry, Northwestern went to Notre Dame. Obviously, I think that that's somebody 
that Greg Newsom, who played with him at the college level, would be pushing for as well. But overall, safety class is fine. I think it's getting a, a lot of uh, negative negative marks from a lot of different people. I think it's fine. I think you can find a value safety here, and I think that's what the Browns are looking for. Somebody who can play a very specific third versatile safety role right off the bat, but then potentially in year two, step up to the plate, handle more of the challenges of the position, and potentially be a starter if Grant Delpit leaves. And I think there are a lot of guys in that top five and a little bit extended beyond that who can also handle some of those uh, some of those responsibilities and, and potentially be a downline starter. Because remember, you know, you're drafting typically a year ahead, and it's nice to not have to draft a safety with the immediate need to start because of Juan Thornhill and Delpit, but you do need somebody that can step in and play down the line as contracts start to the belt around a lot of those contracts starts to uh, tighten up. So you're looking at, again, where can they replace people? Can they have a draft pick slide in? This is one that stands out. So those are your safeties. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks to John Colosimo for being here. You guys for continuing to stop by, listen to the podcast. I will have my uh, favorite player at every position. Uh, the one player I would hope the Browns take at every position. That'll come out in the coming days. And then before you know it, it'll be first round Thursday. And then we'll have a recap and many other things coming. Exciting times over here at the OBR Film Breakdown. Uh, good stuff coming for the podcast for you loyal listeners thanks for rating and reviewing the show that means a lot helps people find it you know i continue to say that i appreciate you who take the time to do that have a great have a great tuesday everybody and go browns everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.